0: Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church VA 844 759 Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. Oh. Oh. Jordan
1: we
2: What is going on, Gen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generals podcast this week for the Sony Open. As usual, I'm here with my favorite Canadian, Tyler Tamblyn. Tyler, how are you doing this week, brother?
1: I'm doing good, man. Another, another banger. You know, it was a good way to start the season there last week. We, we talked it up and said it wouldn't be all that. and It wasn't going to be something we were too excited about. But, you know, just sort of get into the swing of things. Ended up being a, a huge weekend for me to kick it off. So I was pretty impressed.
2: Yeah, it worked out really well. It was actually a pretty good week for me, DFS-wise. Now, personally, not the best week. Uh, Saturday, I threw my back out, like, real bad at work. Like, I have a bad sciatic nerve. I have some back problems. Uh, and I was laid up all weekend. So I'm currently on a concoction of muscle relaxer, relaxers, Percocet, and Crown Royal. Uh, just <laughs> kidding. For all those people out there who are worried about me, you know, mixing alcohol with pain pillars, I was, I was just kidding about the Crown Royal. Just kidding about the crown. <laughs> now, here's the one thing it, it actually ended up working out pretty well because I I got the weekend off work because I threw my back out and I was able to watch, you know, these two weeks are some of the best weeks for sports. You know, you got, you got NFL playoffs going straight into, you know, the Hawaii golf. So, you know, it worked out. I was laid up on my couch. VFS wise, um, it was a good week. Uh, it, it was a roller coaster week. I mean, I started the week. This is what no cut events are. I started the week uh, after day one, losing two hundred seventy bucks. Uh, by the by, the uh, eighth hole. By the time the leaders reached the eighth hole on Sunday, I was up almost three thousand. And then by the time the, the whole tournament ended, I was only up like one hundred eighty bucks. So a sixty percent return on investment for you, for me. Nothing like you. Uh, one thing I will say is uh, that I actually posted some cash in some unofficial. Cash game cornerstones on Gup's Corner Slack chat uh, this past week, and that actually turned out pretty well. Like Dustin Johnson, Cantley and Reed uh, on there. I threw a punt play with Herman just so I could fit three of those 9K and up guys in my cash lineup. So it still worked out pretty well. But I didn't have the week Tambo had. Tambo, tell everyone about your week.
1: It was pretty straightforward. I mean, it worked out good. I'm happy. I'm proud. You know, I felt good, obviously, to get back on the winning cycle. You guys know from listening and everybody in the Gup's Corner Slack, et cetera, know from last year it was, uh, you know, a case of close but no cigar. All the close calls, you know, the match play when I would have won it on Saturday, the the 444, and then Tiger missed that 440. Like, I can name all the bad beats just like poker. It's the same sort of feeling. So this was good to get back into the swing of things. Uh It's the first time I've ever had an optimal lineup. So it was the, I mean, it's a 34-man event, so that makes sense, but that was the best lineup that was available, and it was just roller coaster of emotions down the stretch. Essentially, you know, JT in the fairway, not the best line in the fairway, but on 18 before the playoffs started, and, you know, you're thinking, okay, JT up one, him and Xander both in the fairway, just got to see this close out, and then to see him go into the hazard, obviously that was, you know, the wife had to step out for a second, let's just say that, because I snapped, but hey, you know, you're you're in it for the reason to win, and, and it's fun when it comes down to the end and you get the job done. So, yeah, it was everything we talked about. If, if you think back to the lineup last week, Kenny, it was, uh, you know, we we love JT, you know, we love Lanto. That was the top and bottom of it. And then Cantley reed we talked up a bunch. We were all over Reed. I kind of, by the end, when I had Reed and JT after X exited the playoff, uh, you know, I thought I didn't need – I thought I was good to go, and then I thought Reed was going to get there, but I forgot about the false 10 points for first place. So I was mathing – I was doing way too much math, and in the end, I, either of them could have won, so I started cheering for Reed because we had the outright. So wanted to get that, but either way, JT got the job done. Pretty impressive. Uh, excited to see what your thoughts are on him for this week, and, and you know, go from there. It's a full field event. We finally get back to but Yeah, pretty pretty good event to get down to the wire, and, and yeah, to escape that route. It was good. It was a hell of a tournament, I have to awesome say. Awesome
2: tournament. I mean, I mean, coming down. Okay, the one thing I want to say about Justin Thomas and the difference between golf and other sports. You know, in other sports, there's there's certain things that can get you hyped up. In the middle of a game, like it, 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 when you're playing basketball, someone talks shit to you. You can get hyped up about that. Uh, you know, like um, when, when you make a big play or something, or like you know, or like the crowd. You know, at basketball games, the fans they can get you hyped up. If you're a runner, I know people. You know, I know people who run a lot who say when they're listening to certain types of music, it amps them up and gets them running faster. You know, something that gets you motivated in sports and in golf, it's tough to find that motivation factor you know, in the middle of a round, you're just going about doing your business. It's quiet. There's not that much, you know, unless you hit like a crazy big shot, there's not that much, uh, you know, I'm sorry, my mind is not going, well, this is going to be like this today because I am definitely off. I am all medicated up. So if I sound (laughs) a little bit off today, uh, that would be the reason why, but what I noticed about Justin Thomas's round is that three would he hit on nine. Uh, it was a par five. Uh, I think like hardly anyone had reached the green all week, uh, or all day on the ninth hole and he hits this three wood just a mammoth three wood with total recoil he starts walking you know while the ball's still in the air emphatically pulling his glove off of his hand you know you know he's hype and he hits that thing you know to the back of the green makes birdie and then you see him hit you know go five birdies in his next seven holes or something like that you know he uses he used that shot to, to get him the momentum and you know he needed to go on into the back nine. And I, I see that with JT a lot. I really like that about his game. He finds little things that motivate him to get him height in the middle of a round. And a lot of golfers have a tough time finding stuff like that on the golf course. And that was really big. And it, and it worked really well on the back nine until about, you know, the second shot on 18, yeah. which, which yeah. I I don't know what the hell happened. And then you tell, look about Patrick Reed. I've never seen a short game putting exhibition that I saw like Patrick had this past week, 45, one putts. He yeah. was dead fucking last in greens and regulation, 45, one putts. Sh- short game was spectacular. It was, and then Xander,
1: of course, doing this thing. It was a hell of a tournament. Xander really on the 18th though, one. man, that was something like that. Three putt was insanity. When he, he was on the green, a, it's over. I'm, I'm saying it's over. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah,
2: he three putted 18 both times in the final hole of the regulation and in the first hole of the playoff. Six putts on those two holes fucked them. Yeah, wasn't good. No. But, uh, you know, it, it was, it, anyways, it was, it was still a great tournament. You know, you saw what happened with Patrick Reed. That's going to happen
1: a lot this season. Oh, man, I, I just, I don't want to keep beating it to death, but honest to God, like, it doesn't matter. All these guys, are like, oh, that's going to happen. It's going to be worse in the states. Man, he's going to have a tough time. No, it happened after the shot on 18 and it's not why he missed his putt and he could have just as easily sank it and the cheater was con, that still would have been yelled. So it doesn't matter. Like, he doesn't care. He was in the, he's in the back room smiling, waiting for this playoff to happen. And basically destiny gets there for him. And he gets to come back out and have a go at it, like he was free rolling at that point. Do you think he really cared? Do you think this really affects him mentally going forward? I don't. We'll talk about it on this pod for this event, but I'm still all in on Patrick Reed. I think he's fine. Yeah, I mean, me too. I have no issues with him now. And and real quick, back to the putting thing because we're gonna bring it. We were gonna bring it up later, but now I'm gonna bring it up now. Is yeah, he won putts so many times because of his short game. If you are, if you never are on the green and you're chipping it to five feet every time, that's where your, your putts are coming from. He made some long ones. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying people are acting like he made like 20, 60 foot putts across the weekend. That's not what happened. He, I mean, it was, it was He didn't short hit any game. greens and his short game is money, which it always is. Why do you think he crushes at Augusta? And he, and he was putting his putts in the, in the hole. Like it's what he does. So yeah. I, I think he's fine. I don't think I'm, I'm not going to be off him this week and we'll get to that. That
2: sounds good. Let's, uh, move on to Listenly. Before we get to Listenly, uh, Tambo has a little bit of a message here for you. Go ahead, Tambo.
1: Yeah, I just want to talk about quickly, guys. We got our, our hosting for podcasts is through Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-Y dot com. Set us up with a little something here just to make sure you guys know through the new year, they've got a promotion. So if anyone's wanting to get into podcasting or looking to do it themselves, We've used them now. We switched over to them last year. Uh, Just a a all-around better host for us. They've got the stats lined up so that you can have it set up to go through like we want to get on Fantasy Sports so that it was ranked within a category, get more listeners, go up from there. But essentially right now, you can get 30 days of Blueberry Podcasting for free. It includes hosting, stats, a WordPress site if you need one. Basically just create, upload, publish, use the promo code BLU004 to get started today. Uh, Blueberry Podcasting, it's the way to go. Kenny and I use it. Recommend it highly.
2: All right, that sounds good. Let's go to this listener league lineup. The winner this week was, I think it was a GUPS corner. member. it was yeah. L L Bullard, sixty-four with the GUPS corner. Abby, shout out to the GUPS corner. Uh, he had just, he had five hundred forty points. Uh, Justin Thomas uh, at twenty-six point six seven percent owned. Patrick Reed at thirty-eight percent owned. Gary Woodland at twenty-five percent owned. Oops, Munoz at twenty-five percent owned. Adam Long at 20% owned, and Lanto at 35% owned. What do you think about the lineup there, Tambo?
1: Solid. Yeah, it was right, right there with what we're doing. You know, like I said, I get that it was a 34-man event. I almost, you know, feel embarrassed to to win that week because even though everyone else would say, yeah, I'd take your win, the point is I get that it's the, the 34-man event, right? But like I, like I said to a guy before, if, if you got the lineup that's the best lineup, or if you got one like, you know, LL Bullard had a 540, if it wins the tournament, it wins the tournament. That, that's what it comes down to. That's all you can do. So, I uh, love the lineup. It fits with everything that we talked about. Hoping for, for more this week. I think now maybe, I know Kenny, you're a little bit under the weather or over the weather maybe, but let's say now's the good time to probably talk about the new listener league. What do you think? Yeah, go ahead, man. If this listener league
2: is going to be cool, check yeah. it out
1: We'll talk about it. Pretty, pretty pumped about this. Yeah. We got some, you know, made a couple connections with some of the DraftKings guys. Got, got a set up there just to get it a little bit bigger. It's no, you know, extra special just yet. Uh, he wants to see us grow it and build it. So we're going to count on your guys' support. But basically what we did is almost like a mini mail where we opened it up. It's, it's three entry max $5. So max $15. So instead of, you know, if you can't afford all three or you can do both, I'm going to play in both leagues, right? I love the mail league and his is rake free. That's the big difference. We don't get the, the luxury of that just yet, but it opens it up to 250 entrants total. And you know, Kenny and I are only going to play one in it. So it will just keep 248 spots open and sort of keep it as, you know, three versus one if you want to put three in it. But it's a balanced payout structure. Uh, it pays out just over 15%. So it's a little more than, you know, it's almost 15% up top. And then from there, it goes down. But it's 150 bucks up top. So you turn your five bucks into that. If you want to put one in, if you want to put all three in, you can get 10x your money if you take it down. And then, of course, you'll join us in the three-man every week, just as always.
2: All right, it's going to be a good league. Join it now. I mean, like like Tambo said, you know, the faster we fill it, the larger it'll get. So let's make a movement this week. Everyone listening, go out, max out those lineups or play one lineup, whatever. Get it in quickly. Don't wait till Wednesday. Get it in, you know, today, Tuesday or Monday, whenever you're listening. And let's get that thing filled up real quick so King knows what the deal is about the Fantasy Golf Generous podcast. All right, so let's move on to this week uh the the TBGA tour stays in hawaii this week as yli country club plays host to the sony open this will be the first large field event of the season and after multiple no-cut events in a row we finally will have cut sweats on friday and once again remember the 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 cuts changed to top 65 and ties for this year only two winners here since 2000 have been in their 20s russell henley in 2013 justin thomas in 2017 14 winners have been in their thirties and four winners since 2000 were in their forties. Uh, I said, 14 winners were in their thirties. I'm so confused right now. It's hard to read this as well. <laughs> so I'm going I'm to try to get through this. So even with this stat, I wouldn't eliminate any young Uber talented golfers, the talent of these golfers in their twenties is something we've not really seen on tour for a long time. So I will say that, I will say that older golfers are more in play uh, than usual this week. Uh, there are a couple of other interesting tidbits about this tournament. Uh, 15 of the last 21 winners here played the week before at the tournament and champions. Also the last nine winners here at a top six finish in one of their prior three starts leading up to their victory at wildlife country. Club. Now wildlife country club is a 7,044 yard par 70 with four par threes, 12 par fours and two par fives, which are both reachable by almost all the players in the field. The Par 5s are actually two of the easiest on tour. It is also set up right next to Manalua Bay, which can cause windy conditions. If the wind is down, this course is not too difficult to score on. Uh, The weather report as of now says that the wind should be strong during the first three rounds. This will cause much tougher conditions than we've seen in the past few years. Now, off the tee golfers will see average-sized tree-lined fairways that are firm, Flat, flat, and usually fast, with bunkers in play on a few holes and water only a factor on two holes. It has actually rained quite a bit recently on the course, so it's possible the fairways will run a little bit slower than normal. But that should actually be an advantage for golfers, as it's less likely tee shots that land on the fairways roll out into the rough, which is something you see here year in and year out. Now, two of the toughest fairways to hit on tour are on this course. The 18th has been the hardest fairway to hit on tour since 2012, with only about 31% of balls landing on the fairway. The 13th hole is the fifth hardest fairway fairway to hit on tour since 2012, with only about 38% of balls reaching the fairway. Now, the rough around the fairway isn't particularly high, but it is somewhat thick and gnarly. The Bermuda grass in the rough lends itself to balls sinking into the grass and leaving tough flyer lies. YLI consistently ranks in the 20 hardest rough proximity courses on tour each year. Now, with this information, you would think driving accuracy would be very important. But then you look at the numbers and trends and see that this is not necessarily true. Uh, only 14 out of 54 golfers that finished top three here since 2005 were ranked inside the top 50 in driving accuracy for the year they won. Now, even though the 18th fairway is one of the most difficult fairways to hit on tour, it still plays as one of the easiest par fives each season. Three years ago, the winner Fabian Gomez only had 50% of the fairways and was t- tied for 60th in driving accuracy for the tournament. Brant Snedeker, who finished second to Gomez that year, He hit 51.79% of his fairways and was t- tied for 56 in driving accuracy for the tournament. In 2017, JT hit less than 45% of the fairways and shot 59 during his first round on the way to beating the four-round courts record. Now, I personally think this tournament will be won on approach shots from off and on the fairway and putting. On approach shots, golfers receive average-sized Bermuda grass greens that are fairly flat, Golfers need to hit as many greens as possible because there's a lot of trouble surrounding them. Many large, deep bunkers protect the greens, and the rough around the greens is much higher and thicker than the rough surrounding the fairways. These greens are firm and usually play around 11 on the stint meter. Uh, many people say that this course is similar to Mayakoba, Nine Bridges, you know, Copperhead, So looking uh, and TPC Old White. Uh, because uh, Seth Raynor designed both of these courses. So looking at golfers who are fairly well at these locations in the past could give you a leg up this week. Tambo, what stats are you looking for?
1: Yeah, you talked a lot about the fairways, I think, already. It it just stems to it. It's approach, it's par-4 scoring, it's putting, birdie or better. I mean, one thing this week that's outside of the stats is going to be, it looks like it's going to be, the wind is still there, right? So uh, definitely the the sentry, TOC narrative or whatever you want to call it, where people played it the week before and whatnot. And, and that matters. I, I think it's bigger here. I think the course history is bigger here a little bit than others. And it's just something that you see year after year. You mentioned Mayakoba, I believe. So, so you got some, you know, hits there that guys do well there, do well here, uh, some coastal courses, but yeah, back, back to the the wind narrative. I think that's going to stem. It looks like that stem from what we saw last week, and that's going to be the biggest factor. So definitely keeping an eye on that up until Wednesday, You know, Gup's Corner, the Slack chat, we'll be talking about it over there. If you guys aren't on board yet, you can still hop over to Gup's use promo code DGEN20, jump on with Kenny and I. I saw a couple guys do that over the overnight and, and this morning. So hop in the Slack. Everyone will take care of you there. But we'll update on stuff like that throughout the week. And I know, Kenny, you update your article as the week goes on normally with a couple more plays and whatnot.
2: I do. Uh, so, you know, use promo code DGEN20 for gupscorner.com Like Tambo said, the Slack chat is amazing. Uh, they put out the tools this week. They're unbelievable. You get all the sports. You're not just golf. So it's definitely worth it. Go check out Gubs Corner. My articles there, Tambo's articles there. You use promo code DGEN20 right now and get yourself a subscription. All right. So let's get to this slate. Let's start off in this top end here. We have Morikawa, all the way to Justin Thomas. How are you going about it this week?
1: I thought we were gonna start with JT, the winner. I got JT, man. Uh, you know everyone does, but you got to go back to him. I don't care if he's twelve thousand or not. It's like I said, I just don't see any of that happening. I see this being an even better spot for him, really. And, and I think that you know it's just undeniable what we're gonna see. Someone said yesterday on Twitter, the year of you know two thousand twenty, the decade of JT is here. You know, past speed, all this stuff, the fourth ever under 27 to get this many wins with guys like Tiger, Sneed, all that. So, you know, I, I think this is the spot where we'll see it again. Uh, you know, it just is what it is. You have to eat it up and find the way. The good news is this week is you don't have to hit the exact guys down low. You'll, I mean, you will to take down a tournament, but in more so of a sense of there's more to pick from versus last week you had your, you know, five, six guys with the Hermans and the other guys that were down there where you kind of had to take, you know, more of a shot or more of a risk than here. So, uh, you know, you get to pick who you want here. At least you'll be comfortable going in with the lineup is what I'm trying to say. So love JT. But as far as my t 3 go, they're back, and, and they're. I'm wasting no time with them this week. I'm getting them out of the way right away because I think the obvious is JT. But then I think when people start to get cute and look at it like, okay, if I was to fade JT, what about Webb Simpson? Great course history. You know, last time he played here, he was fourth, all these things. I, like I said before, I don't know if he's going to stay popular. or people think that he's just going to fade away or they're going to, you know, because of the cheater thing with Reed, or if they're going to say that because of the putting factor, you know, because of the one putts and all that stuff. So you get, you know, that's not sustainable. All these factors that they're going to bring up to me, if you look at the two of them right now, I know that some of Simpson's recent results are there in in top tens, but overall, if you think about Webb versus Reed, Webb has been incredible from a stats perspective, but he's just not a guy that I always see as like a top 10 guy. He's more of a top 10 to 15, top 15 to 20. And that's not going to cut it. For 11-1, whereas I think Reed just wants to battle back and prove everybody wrong. So first one out of the gates is going to be Reed over Simpson. See what the ownership looks like by the end of the week. That can obviously change on a dime. And then man, I, I'm sticking in this range. I know we're spending a lot of time here, but new year, new me, Kenny. When would you ever see me pivot off of someone to take a five figure Matsuyama? And it's this week because I already know I seen him. He's the cover boy for two or three articles out there today. I get the stats. I love me some callmore <laughs> But Colin Murakawa being 10,300 is more insane to me than Matsuyama being 10,500. And the thing about Matsuyama here is he's 1500 bucks less than JT. So, you know, I don't think I'm going to do any JT Matsuyama lineups, but what I do think is that if I was going to go off of JT, I could easily see myself starting with Reed. But if many others start to do that, then I'll go down to Matsuyama and have no problem just starting with him and say, here's a chance. You know, the guy has been on fire. 8th, 11th, 2nd, 3rd in his last four, I mean, those are all good results, and some of them were actually recent, uh, he's going to be up there, he's going to make the cut, all, all these factors that I expect to see, uh, and then is a the first-timer, I know he's got the century narrative, but like I said, with the popularity, to me, if Hideki's going to be much lower than Morikawa, I'm going to just take a stance and get it on, on Matsuyama, what about you in this range?
2: I'm definitely fading Matsuyama this week, just because, you know, you, you see a lot of the times at this course, okay, for, for first-timers, it's not that big of a deal, For guys who have you know, perennially done well here, keep doing well. And guys that have perennially sucked here, keep sucking, uh, is what I've noticed when you look at the course history here. And Hideki just sucked ass here. Uh, Four missed cuts, the 27th, 51st. Those are his six attempts here. It's not his best tournament. Uh, He's coming off a layoff. He didn't play tournament uh, champions. So I'm off Hideki. I'm off Reed as well. I'm in one of those groups where I don't think he can – come back and do what he did last week if his iron play is this poor again i don't think he can do it two weeks in a row uh now is it possible it is patrick reed you know the guy's great short game great putter and he's always been not that great with his irons but i mean man they were just so piss poor last week that i can't, I can't get back on him. uh i'm going with the top two guys this week i'm going just the Thomas, just like you you said everything correctly if you look he, he's the master of two. Uh, Two CIMBs, uh, two CIMB Classic wins, two Tournament of Century, or Century Tournament of Champions wins. And I think, you know, two Sony wins is definitely a possibility uh, this week. And I do like Webb. You said 10 to 15. I mean, at last three events, he's finished top 10 every single time. Uh, He finished fourth here last year. His iron play is great. Um, You know, good with his wedges. He's actually first in this field in putting, strokes game putting in the last 50 rounds. And again, you can't really take. Too much of the stats in the court in the in, in your mind in a week like this where a lot of people haven't played but still that's pretty impressive uh, he was I think eleventh last year in strokes game putting for the year so uh, you know a putting con- an, an iron putting contest I mean that screams we uh, Webb Simpson
1: of I mean, last so. year though eleven thousand dollar Webb Simpson trusting his putter it's been like a year and a half a year I don't know if I trust that that's tough to matter and here you said like you know he did get fourth last time out. But before that, it was 13th, 13th, and 13th. I mean, it's $11,100. Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I, I agree. But, I mean, I I don't think – I think he can beat Reed Matsuyama and Morikawa pretty easily this week. I That's just my 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 take when it comes down to it. So I'm going to go with those those two at the top when it comes down to it, and that's how I'm going with it this week. All right, so let's move down to the 9K range. I'll go ahead and start. Two of my cash game cornerstones <coughs> sorry, guys, are in this range. Uh, I'm going to start with, it's going to be the two old guys. The two old guys who always play well here. Matt Kuchar uh, at ninety, what $9,900. The guy has just played really well here the last few years. Basically every year he's played. I think he has like four top fives in his last six times played here. This is his course. He plays extremely well. Win one here last year. Played good enough for me last week to get on him this week, even though I hate his ass. But I'm still going to be on Kuchar. He'll be my first cash game cornerstone. And then I'm going old man Charles Howell III as well. This guy, what, like six top tens, top eights in his last nine, uh, 10 appearances here, nine made cuts, only one missed cut. That was in 2011. Strong iron game. Uh, you know, so I, I like um, a Charles. I'm sorry. Yeah, I do like Charles Howell III. Normally a strong iron game. He hasn't been playing that well. But once again, the stats. You know, you sort of throw those out the window, uh, especially, you know, at this time of the year, a really good par four score, good around the greens, which I think will be helpful this year. So those two are going to be my cash game cornerstones, uh, two of them. And I don't know how much I'll play them in GPPs. My favorite GPP play is going to be Neiman. Um, if you look at Neiman, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, when, I told in the, in the course preview, I did say that, you know, rough proximity is one of the hardest things about this course. He's, he finished third in rough proximity uh, last season. You saw in the wind last week, you know he can play in the wind. That little stinger he hit on the back nine, was one of the sickest shots I saw all week. And you know you yeah. control the the flight of his balls. So if it gets windy,
0: I- if you're a night owl looking for a great job, Walmart is hiring overnight shift workers. Pay starts at 14.50 to 15.50 per hour, and you'll earn great benefits, including six percent 401k match, one dollar a day college, time off when you need it, and discounts and savings. Other opportunities are also available with varying pay rates for daytime shifts. Text 240 to 240 to apply with walmart today again all you have to do is text 240 to the number 240 to apply
2: i think you'll have no issues so i really like neiman uh, as my favorite gpp play and then i am gonna go with the korean as well uh Sung jm in gbp he's finished 10th here last year we all know his game uh you know excellent putting tons of birdies uh but i like neiman the best uh, I, I, out of this group
1: yeah, this, uh, this range is a little bit polarizing because it's going to be, like you said, sort of the old guys versus the young guys. You get your Kucher, Leishman, Hal, Norin, Kisner, Snedeker types. And then you got your Connors, Answer, Neiman, Im, the young gunners. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sticking with the young gunners here. I'm with you on Neiman. I'm with you on e- Im. Love both those guys. The, you know, Kucher, Leishman, whatever, you could fit them in there and be unique depending on what ownership looks like. But my third one, and we're just so opposite this week that it's going to be awesome because one of us is going to have a huge week. Uh, I'm not on Howell. I'm not going to chase the the course history. I know it's like the best course history, and and like I said, it is important here. I will say I do like Howell in cash. Yeah, I know you he's didn't mention man. that. You said you weren't yeah. sure in tournaments, but I like I just like answer so much more just from everything that we saw, right? Recent form, how we looked at the the Presidents Cup. Basically, it's you know he's going up against the course history king when I'm using him against Howell. But if Howes is going to be that popular and we just haven't seen anything of him, and, and I know, again, he's almost like a, a Webb Simpson light. He's going to be the guy that's going to come 15th to 30th range. And that's still really good because at his price, and, and you know, now we know how tough it is to get six to six through the cut, maybe use them together to be unique in an opposite effect of what I'm talking about. But if I got to pick one gun to my head, I'm taking answer. I just like his game. You know, last year he was, you know, 29th. It wasn't anything serious, but just getting to know it. And we've seen him change quite a bit. Like you talked about with the and just the putting that I've seen from him in the past, is how good his game looks. I know he's gonna be a little bit popular, but I, I definitely still like answer over how one to one. Uh other than that, Connors, who I mentioned, I like. Uh the only real old guy in the group that I'm liking is Snedeker. Uh and mainly he's just the the best of the rest. He's sort of the same as the guys above. Like for you know, like a Kucher type, he's thirteen hundred less. I think he's similar in, in style. He's got the the you know, he's one of the best in the field basically that didn't play last week. So as far as OWGR, whatever, but in general of players, we know that he can putt. Uh, He's got uh, three wins on Bermuda since 2008, so I think that's important. And then we just know what he can do with his short game and whatnot as well. So uh, I'm good with Snedeker here at 8,600. Dropping down a little bit lower range, I sort of like – so I like Poston. I like Putnam. I like Munoz. I think all of them will be popular. The one guy – that, and I'm dropping a little bit into the 7-9 range there. I didn't realize Munoz was right there. But the other guy I kind of like, though, is Harmon. Harmon's got some decent course history here. Six for eight. Missed cut last time out, but before that he's fourth, 20th, 13th, and 13th. You're way down at 8,200 now. 14th is last uh, outing. And lots of good quotes if you go back and look uh, of Harmon talking about the greens and just this course and loving it, suiting his eyes. So I, I think he'll be the more unique of the young gunners there with Post and Putnam and Munoz. What do you got down in the lower range, Kenny?
2: Yeah, my third cast game cornerstone is going to be Poston, the guy who played the tournament of champions last week. Uh, I mean, I think Howell is going to be the only guy in my cast game cornerstones that didn't play last week. I like that narrative, so I like Poston. Um, you know, he's been playing good golf. You know, lots of birdies, really good on par fours. Uh, you know, he's been putting pretty well. His irons have been, you know, pretty good, above average, well above average, and his tee to green's been great. You know, top twenty five, top twenty six, and strokes getting around the green in this field in the last fifty rounds. So I do like. Posting as my third cash game cornerstone. I do like Connors a, a lot for GPPs. Uh, I think he finished third here last week. And if you look, he's 25th in rough, rough proximity uh, last year. So he's really good from out of the rough. You know, he's one of the worst putters in this field. But the thing is, you know, the, the green complexes here are pretty flat. Uh, they're sort of a little bit easier. It's a lot easier than we saw last week. And that could play towards his advantage. So I do like uh, Corey Connors. I like Cam a little bit too, especially if the wind picks up you know, you, you know, he's good in the wind, you know, he's good around the greens. Uh, so I, I like camp uh, a little bit. Uh, and he's had some decent finishes here. I think three straight top 25 or top 27s, uh in his last three appearances. So I like him in GPPs as well. And I, I'll do chess uh, as well, Reeve, uh at 8,400. So I do like this range uh, a lot. So I'll be playing a lot of these golfers, especially if I start with Justin Thomas and Webb Simpson, I'm going to have to be playing a lot of these 8k guys. I can't go you know, both those guys and like, you know, two guys in the nine K range is not going to work for lineup construction. So I will be heavy on this eight K range. So let's move to the seven K range. And my final cash game cornerstone is going to be Sebastian Munoz um, at $7,900. Seventy-nine hundred dollars. Again, another guy who played last last week. Pretty, you know, decent performance. Not the best, but not bad. Um, you know, makes a lot of birdies. Good around the greens. Really good putter. So my four cash game cornerstones this week for the Sony, uh, champ Sony Open is going to be Matt Kuchar at ninety-nine hundred. Uh, Charles Howell III at ninety-one hundred. Uh, uh, JT Poston at eighty-one hundred and. Sebastian Munoz at 7900 This leaves you $15,000 left to fill out the rest of your cash lineup. Other guys I do like in this range in GPPs. I like Russell Knox. Again, another guy. I think he was ninth last year in rough proximity. Another guy who could play well in the wind. Uh, his iron game is strong. So I like him for GPPs. And he's been playing pretty decent golf here uh, over, you know, at the end of the season. So I do like him. Um, I like Ryan Palmer. Again, another guy, he was 11th in rough proximity uh, last year. He's won this tournament before. He showed a lot of life on Sunday, uh, you know, holding out, you know, having his best round of the week, really good with his wedges. Uh, You'll you'll see a lot of approaches from 125 to 175 uh, in this course. So I do like Ryan Palmer. Uh, Who do you like in this top range there, Tim? A
1: couple you said. So this is sort of what I call the wind range. So you mentioned Knox. Uh, Fratelli, a Texas guy, right? Obviously, he can play in the wind, hasn't shown it, you know, hadn't shown much recently. He didn't do well at the, um, the century, but he was there. So, so that's something. And, and then here, he did make the cut last year. Carlos Ortiz, hot streak, a second and a fourth coming in, uh, 29th here last year. He's another guy I like. Uh, I am always a sucker for Grillo, especially, like you said, with those flatter green complexes. You know, three for three made cuts here, but it's more just about the upside that he th- I think he has at 7,600. Uh, a guy like him and then another guy right below him Sabatini uh, Sabatini and then dropping down a little bit to I think he's actually lower I'll get to him later but anyway Sabatini and Tway went a little bit under the radar and won the QBE shootout not that that's a major tournament but the fact that they got it done together that's two guys that have a little bit of recent form that were able to score and do well and win a tournament so I think they'll be guys that just go overlooked and that we know can put up these scores and then Uh, last one, I guess really, you mentioned Palmer already, but, uh, Von Taylor, I think he's going to get popular, but I I still like that chalk. I mean, he's 10th, second coming in great stats across the board. Seems a little bit underpriced at 7,400. So don't mind him. And then maybe one more I'll throw in. I got a few more names here, but uh, I'll get your take on one in a minute, but, and then Brian Gay, you're always a big Brian Gay truther, but we know he can putt great course history here. 16 out of 19. Uh, eight top 25s, three top 10s. I mean, he's just solid at this course. I know he didn't play last week, obviously, but at the end of the day, for the price, 7,200, he's fine. What about Shugo Imihera? Kenny, what's your take on him? I, I'm not
2: really sure. I mean, the guy's, you know, made the cut here a couple of times. I think he will be owned. It could be worth a, a little bit of a look. I mean, he has, like, five top threes in his last – or what it was one – one, two, three, four, five top threes in his last eight events played. So Yeah, two, two,
1: two wins as well. Yeah. I know it's Japan Tour, but, man, this guy's – I think he's, like, overpriced. That's all I wanted to get your take, and it sounds like you're not heavy on him. But I think the thing is, is he's overpriced to, to the look. So when people see it, they'll they just won't. be like – they'll be like, nah. But at the end of the day, he looks like a guaranteed made cut. He's two for two here with a 33rd and a 54th. And at the end of the day, if he's going to score for you, which we know he can – I mean, that's a pretty good pick for 7300 for the upside you can get out of him.
2: Yeah, the more I look at him, the more I like him for GPPs. So, yeah, I'm definitely down with Shugo. But I also like Daniel Berger uh, at the same price of $7,300. He ended the season uh, in the fall pretty strong. Uh, I mean, if you look at his results uh, in the fall swing, I mean, I think he had uh, 17th at the Zozo, 18th at the Shriner, 23rd at Safeway. So three of those four events, he topped 25. Um, so he, he's looking pretty good uh, form-wise. He's a decent putter uh, on Bermuda. Not his best, but way better than Bent. And he makes a good amount of birdies. So I, and, he's, and he's done pretty well here uh, at this event in the past. If I'm looking, I think he has, you know, a couple of top 15s here in, in his four tries. So I like Berger uh, a little bit in this price range. And I'll probably go um, maybe a little bit of Ryan Armour uh, at $7,100. Uh, just at 7,000, just because, you know, coastal course, short course, that's sort of his shit. Uh, so, you know, I'll, and same with Brian Stewart up at 7,900. These type of courses are going to be like their type of courses where they can actually make a move. Uh, and, and I get bet that both of them won't be that highly owned. All right, so let's get to this 6K range, Tim.
1: Yeah, one more quick I just forgot to mention was Matt Jones. Kind of a, a sucker for him, but he actually got a win overseas, the Emirates Australian Open. And it sounds like nothing, but he did hold off um, Louis, Casey, and Leishman to get that W. So, I mean, that's something. And I don't know, like you mentioned Cam really earlier. Really good around the green, bro. Really good short right. game too. And and you mentioned Cam Smith earlier in a little bit. You know, obviously it's terrible to see what's going on in Australia right now with the fires and whatnot, but I'm wondering oh God, if – Oh, that's awful. You know, it's insane. Exactly. But but maybe that sparks these guys a little bit, you know, a little narrative for themselves, whether they're doing it for charity that we'll see come out later in the week or something like that. But they, obviously it's in their hearts. It's something that they want to play well. So, so they, all those Australians over here – Fit the greens and fit the the setup anyway, but but that's just something else on their mind that I think you see a lot of times when people are playing for something they they go out and play a little a little bit harder, right? So I definitely don't mind Matty Jones dropping down to the six K range. Couple guys, um, one I wanted to talk about quick actually that I miss and I think he's right on the button seven thousand Kenny. Uh, you didn't mention him, Kyle Stanley. Another guy here. Uh, that's popping for me. 30th, 21st, and 48th, and three of his last four. Seven for seven made cuts here with a 22nd, a 10th, and a 13th, and three of his last four. Uh, to me, that's pretty good for 7,000 straight. And then you drop down from there. Don't mind Bud Collie. I'd say Collie and Garnett right at the top. Those two stand out right away for me. You mentioned Fabian Gomez earlier. Obviously, the great course history here. And then this is what I was saying earlier. It's about you know you need to get both right obviously to make your lineup work up top and down low. But there's just – got to spread your shares out down here. Like when you've got – and without just naming everybody and start talking about them just to give names, Duncan, Gooch, Lashley, Long, McDowell, Mitchell, Tway, all those guys we've talked about already. And then there's even more. We haven't even hit 6,600 yet. That's where I'm saying you're going to have to mix it up. couple guys for me, like I mentioned, was Tway, just the win factor. The win there was Sabatini. I know it wasn't major, but just something to have. Um, Mitchell, 16th and 25th his last two times here. I know he was almost DFL last week. But sticking with him, he's still in the weather, in the wind, got the Bermuda greens in his favor, 6,800 is a fair price. And the last one I'll mention there, and then let you take over, is McDowell, obviously with the coastal factor again, the winds, all those things. I just think it's underpriced for a guy that we know can actually win in a field like this at 6,800 bucks.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like Hawley up top a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to go heavy on him. His course history here is sort of poor, but, you know, the stat-wise, it lines up. Good iron play, good short game, pretty good fall season, good on par fours. We'll see if he can come back and do better uh, at this course's fourth time around. Uh, I also do like GMAC. He showed some life uh, after starting really poorly uh, last week. And, you know, another, you know, I guess you can call this a coastal course. You know, it it, it is, I guess. And then, you know, it has the... um, it has the um, what's it called? My mind is really going blank right now. I'm losing it at this point in time. A uh, good win player, you know, you know, good, He's done well in Myakka, but good, really good, from 150 to 175. You know, wedge, nine iron. You're gonna see a lot of those. Uh, I sort of like um, uh, Harry Higgs. Uh, I, one reason I like Harry Higgs is because he has like the same body shape that I have. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. But you know, really above average. Uh, with his wedge play and his and his short irons, good on par fours uh, he had a pretty solid uh fall swing with uh, you know um, a second at the Bermuda. he had a uh, you know a tw- top 25 at the Safeway a couple more made cuts at the RSM and Mayakoba. so I like Harry Higgs uh, at that range down below and when you get down below that um you know it it starts shrinking a little bit you got you got any guys uh, at 6500 and below that you're a big fan of?
1: Um, not really a big fan of, no, like a, a few that I wrote, you know, just wrote up on here right quick was Doc Redmond, always the FOMO always has the upside. Uh, decent, like you said, in, in his last four, four of his last five out are 23, 35, 13 and 42. I mean, it's not anything serious, but he's got upside to make a cut. Robbie Shelton, sort of the same deal. Uh, can those guys can just pop at any time. Um, Hubbard, we talked about him a lot during the fall swing. He makes cuts, right? That's the thing about him and an interesting fact on him just to bring it up. Uh, I brought this up about Lanto last week and I get that it was a 34 man field. I said it multiple times in this podcast today, but uh to clarify that stat from last week on Lanto, when I said, you know how I said he'd made all those cuts or sorry, he had all those top 25s, with those cuts made that's on all tours. So I know that it incorporates some of the corn fairy and stuff, but it's not like these are easy tours where these guys are taking it out on. And Hubbard's another guy of his last 23 made cuts, 14 of them were top 25s. So it's like, First off, he's made his last five cuts on tour, you know. and at the end of the day, when he's making the cut, he's got upside. So I'm looking for guys like that in GBPs that when they make the cut, they have the upside to get to the top 25, coming from a $6,500 price point. So definitely like him. Uh, dropping down the other one, the only other one I'll bring up, and then I'll, I'll click it over to you again if you want to round it out, but uh, Scotty Harrington posted a, I saw a tweet today, someone retweeted about him, uh, you know, obviously his wife. Had cancer. She's in remission now. He's just, you know, blessed, happy to be on his way to Hawaii with his wife. Being able to do this and, you know, go over there is just a blessing to him. So, you know, he's really got the right mindset. He said, you know, talked all about, you know, positivity, being in the, being in the right frame of mind. It's going to be a big 2020 for the Harringtons. I love stuff like that. And this guy went through quite a bit. Uh, another guy that performs when he makes the cut. Had a second uh, to Lanto Griffin at the Houston Open. 23rd at the Safeway and then a bunch of top 10s on the Corn Ferry Tour, including a second to get his card back in the first place. So definitely like guys like him, Hubbard, down here. Anyone else stand out for you, Kenny? There's so many guys. It's just saying this range is just packed. Well, I mean, you got the Matt Every
2: Revenge narrative where he got suspended for pot, you know, for the last few months of the last, week, of the last season. He's coming back uh, on tour now. So, you know, good wedge player. Uh, he could probably, he might be able to make some noise here and play angry golf, uh, you know. But I mean, when it comes down to this range, just not the, the biggest fan of too many of these guys. I mean, there was uh, one, uh, James Hahn, you know, came second a couple of years ago. You never know when he's going to pop. I mean, he could be worth uh, a GPP flyer uh, in, in that range just because he's sort of like a poor man. Siwoo Kim. like, you never know, uh, you know, you might throw yeah. five lineups in there with him and just get lucky. Oh, he was uh, second so, just two years ago. Like he's, he's solid. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, so I, I like him as well, uh, but that's, probably about it, you know, maybe, maybe Aaron Badley at $6,500. Oh, did he withdraw? Yeah. Okay. Well then I guess don't worry about him, but yeah, just looking, I'm sure by the end of the week, I'll have more, but just, you know, this first initial research, it's just hard to pick. And maybe when I dig a little deeper, I'll post some more of my favorites uh, on Gup's Corn.
1: Yeah. I think a good spot just to bring up a little strategy, right? Quick, Kenny, I know we got a little bit of time here and just to go through it because when you get a spot like this, I like I know we're getting back to it. I just was clarifying too. Aaron Baddeley did, like I thought, withdraw uh, just about eight hours ago. Uh, Rob Bolton posted it. So if you don't follow Rob Bolton Golf, that's the fastest way to get these uh, updates. But, yeah, real quick on strategy. Like you've got an event like this. You've got to decide what you're playing, first of all, just my opinion. But, you know, for me, if I'm going to play 150 lineups in the $5 this week, I know I'm going to have to have a pool of guys. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to star or whatever you do in a spreadsheet, however you want to do it. Get your list of guys and then get it down to let's say 75. And I'm not saying that's what your pool should be. I'm saying start there because now you've cut the field from 144 because right now it's sitting at 140. We're waiting on the four Monday qualifiers to max it out at 144. I didn't see who that was yet. If anyone pops up, that'll be posted either on my Twitter or in the GUPS Corner Slack if I like any of those four. But anyway, get it back down to get it down to 75. From there, that's what I do, and then I start making tough decisions. Right? I'm not going to roster 75 guys, but with the new, you know, cuts. Uh, cut rules with the six out of six being top 65 and ties. I, I might do like you know 60 guys and make sure I really space it out at the bottom and start mixing all these guys in because there's so many guys that we didn't even name that I that you could talk about. You know, the Strebs, the Swaffords, the Merritts, the Riders, the Shanks, Lebiotas, all the names you hear us talk about week in, week out are down here. Shout out Roger Sloan, Canadian down there, 6200, Horikawa, not Morikawa, Horikawa. Down at 6100 another Japan tour regular with massive upside. I mean, there's a lot of guys in this range. Bobby O, o Rob Oppenheim. So there's a lot of guys down here that you can go to, but you really got to start making those tough decisions and decide what you're playing, build around that, and then build the lineup that so you're happiest putting forward for the weekend. One dude I didn't
2: miss is probably Jerry Kelly at $6,200. Jerry well, Kelly, yeah. Eh? I know he's an old man, but the guy was balling uh, on the Champions Tour. Uh, this season and like I said this course it caters to the old guys and you can see with his form here I mean in the last the six years he has three top tens and, and a 14th you know and he's he was up there in age I mean he's on the senior tour now for you know a little while so you know maybe another guy you could throw in as a punt play who you hope to make the cut with a little bit of upside
1: well he's worth well uh, it this- because if he makes the cut he top 15s or better Oh,
2: yeah, he yeah, has. Right. So, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah.
1: why he's worth throwing in the pool, because if he, if he makes a cut, he has two missed cuts in the last five years, and then he's a 14th, a 9th, and a 6th. So get him in there, right? Take take 5% or take 4%. All right, so let's move into this betting segment here, Tampa. Why don't you go ahead and take us away? Yeah, so I, I'm just going back to the regular six-pack myself, Kenny. So um, I, some that I don't want to miss. I think these are very popular amongst the industry, but for me – It's just where it's at. And I mean, the time of the season that it is, it is what it is. That's who I like. So I I don't want to miss Sung J M. So I hate the number 20, but that's where I'm starting. Uh, I'm sort of really low in here because I think it's going to be JT. So I might look for some doubles. But yeah, m 20, Neiman 35, Anser 40, Munoz 70 with the each way, Kyle Stanley 125 with the each way. And then I missed a bigger number on McDowell, but I still got him at 125 with the each way.
2: So uh, if you, I was looking at uh, Josh Perry's Twitter feed. Um, if you don't follow him, you should. It's at Joshua Perry 22. Really, really sharp guy. Uh, what he said is you should probably put your your bets in, your, your, your outrights on guys that played in the Tournament of Champions. Just because what we've seen over the years, those are the guys that somewhat win. And then wait. To live bet the others after the first round, so you can see how much rust they've shaken off, or if they're rusty at all. And I sort of like that idea by Josh, so shout out to him. So all my five, my five top bets are all going to be all have played uh, last week. So it's going to be Kucher at 22 to one, uh, Neiman at 33 to one, uh, Connors at 40 to one, uh, Chez at 50 to one, Munoz at 66 to one. And then my punt is uh, Higgs at 150-1. to one. So that's going to be my six-pack this week. You got a one-and-done this week? I sort of forgot.
1: Yeah, I didn't forget, but I wanted to talk about it because, yeah, that, that's the thing. So it's single entry, and we're going to roll them out. I don't I don't give a shit about that. I'll, I'll talk about it every week. But it is still tough. Like, at an event like this, even strategy-wise, like, last week some guys were starting their one-and-done and asked me what they should do because the Big Gups Corner one is just under 3,000 people. It's going to be incredible with – Skin segments and payouts for, for, sorry, segment payouts and then a skins set, like a skins game type deal where if you have the only winner of, of a week, you get, you know, you get a skin basically, you get money for that. So, uh, for me, it's tough because last week I said guys should play some of the younger guys that you probably never use again, like a Neiman, a Wolf, uh, a Morikawa, and some of them did well, like, like, uh, Neiman and Morikawa, but now this week I'm stuck. Do I just bury JT right out of the gate, knowing that he's probably gonna win and he looks good, or, do I take cow because I'm just never going to use them again? I don't care. And, I'll, and it's sort of a hedge life because I don't really feel – I feel like he's going to be way too popular in DFS, and I don't know if he's going to pay off 10-3. But in that case, then why am I using him for one and done? So for me, it's a little bit tougher. I'll decide as the week goes on. Did you have a, a stone pick right now that you know you're going to pick, or are you between a few guys? I'm between
2: uh, the old guys, Kuchar, Charles Howell third, and a young boy, Neiman. The reason I'm thinking about Neiman is because – <laughs> you've seen throughout his pro career that when he gets hot, he sort of stays hot for a little while. I mean, you look yeah. at, uh, you look at the, uh, he had like three top eights in, in five, in five events early in his career from the Valero all the way to the Memorial. He went eighth and six back-to-back weeks at the Schwab Memorial in 2018. You know, he's played well at, at the Greenbrier, which is a, another, uh, uh, Seth Rayner course who designed, uh, Wild Eye, so he has some things there, um, and then, you know, you look even even more, he finished fifth at the travel last year, next week, finished fifth at the rocket mortgage, so he's done well in bunches, uh, you know, other than his win, and I can understand that, when you get your first win, a lot of these young guys, they just sort of fade for a little bit, but, so I, I, I'm leaning Neiman uh, right now, especially if it gets windy, and I really like the way he plays his win game, so I, I think it's going to be one of those three guys for me this week, but I'm leaning Neiman,
1: yeah. JT probably just wins. Mike, Mike Miller at smart golf bets. He had the, the double down thought on JT as well. I kind of forgot about that a little bit, but two times century Tocs, two times CIMBs and two times CJ cups. And he's got one Sony open as trophy cabinet.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. If I said that earlier. I definitely agree. God. It's like, he's just going to win. It's. Insane. Well, I said, I said last week, Justin Thomas is going to be the player of the year.
1: Yeah. Uh, we were on it. Yeah.
2: The, the way he's playing it, it's just no doubt in my mind. Um, but he's going to be the number one golfer in the world real soon. Um, you know, and, and it was a good start to the year. I mean, three wins in his last, what, seven events yeah. played? I mean, that's just that's just sick. I mean, you don't see that that often, uh, you know, and, and he's been doing it, and he, and he does it all the time. Uh, you know, he, he gets these wins in bunches. So, I mean, pretty amazing stuff by JT. I expect a big year from him.
1: Yeah, he's got the best club twirl on tour now that Tiger doesn't twirl anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Reed Reed has a good one, too.
1: Yeah. He's all right. So, yeah. I mean, that's it for me. I don't, I don't got much else, Kenny. Uh, Other than that, I mean, thanks to Kenny for powering through. I know this has been a tough one for you and yeah, uh, yeah, you got a lot going on over there, but wish you the best. Hope you feel better over next week, man. We'll be back at it again next week. Tell the people where they can find you, Kenny.
2: All right. You you know, first off, you know, make sure to leave a a five-star rating and a review Uh, on the pod. It really helps us out. If you enjoy the pod and we've helped you out, it really helps us, you know, with sponsors and stuff like that. So if you can help us out, do us a favor, leave a five-star review and a nice little uh, five-star rating and a nice little review for us. You can find me at KendoVT on Twitter. I'm always on there. You can DM me anytime. DMs are open. You can also find me each week, uh, my article at gupscorner.com. Uh, I do, you know, course preview, trends, uh, stats to look for, and then Wednesday I post my favorite cash plays, uh, non-cash game cornerstone cash plays in each uh, price range. So go ahead and check that out. The Slack is amazing. Use promo code DJN20. Uh, tell them where they can find you, Tim.
1: Yeah, at Twitter at on Twitter at Totec and Tambo post. Any updates to the stuff there? Basically, push out the article, that sort of thing. And then at Cups Corner, as Kenny just mentioned, you'll always find us over there. A few people you know, hit, hit Kenny and I up and said, how do I get on there after they saw my week? Whatever. All, all the stuff that Kenny and I talked about, I mean, they were the favorites, sure. But JT, Lanto, Reed, all, all the guys that we talked about were in the lineup that I had that won. So you, know, you want to get over there. Hit us up in our DMs if you have any questions. And other than that, we'll see you next week. All right, guys.
2: So have a good week here. Last week in Hawaii. Let's win some motherfucking money, DJ Nation.
0: The air we breathe, the water we drink, the soil that grows food for our families. These basic elements are essential to healthy, happy lives. America's corn growers think so, too. Across the country, they're pitching in every day and doing the work to produce food and fuel that is healthy in a sustainable way. Go to ncga.com to learn more about how corn farmers grow a more sustainable future for us all. That's ncga.com. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <coughs> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget
1: with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.
0: Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The, the Name Your price, price tool, only from Progressive. <laughs> the owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive green. Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.